0: and create a life filled with freedom, abundance, and purpose. No more hiding, no more waiting. The time to take care of yourself, to up-level your life, is now. Hello, hello, beautiful soul. Welcome to another episode of Unapologetically Abundant Podcast. I'm your host, Petya Kolobova, and we have a special, special, special guest, For you today, Dr. Cecilia Lopez, I got to admit that I just can't get enough of this lady. Not only I was on her podcast, then we had a human design reading together where I just moved the whale from her and introduced her to human design. I'm like, okay, now it's your turn and you got to come and share your valuable wisdom with my tribe and my followers and my people because she is, first of all, Even if we forget how beautiful and smart she is, she is funny, uplifting, and you just want to keep being around her, like me, or the third time, and I know it's not the last time, so... Welcome to the show.
1: <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I'm like, you're in my world now, I'm in yours. We're intertwined.
0: <laughs> and I love it. Don't you just love it when that happens that you just click with people and it's fun to be around them? It's beautiful. Yeah. So, before we intertwine our worlds even deeper and even more, because you will be sharing some of your beautiful wisdom and flow, um, I love starting my episodes a little bit differently than you might maybe experience. <laughs> I love starting them with a short guided visual meditation. Would you be open for me to, I want to say almost like hypnotize you a little bit?
1: (laughs) Ah, Let's do it. (laughs) Beautiful. So
0: just relax in your chair. Just gently close your eyes. Okay. Start slowing down your breath. Start slowing your energy. Just feeling in your chest and belly coming up and down, rising and falling. Everything around you starts to be more peaceful, more tranquil. Everything is slowing down. And you're relaxing in this beautiful moment. There's nowhere else to be, nothing else to do. This is you and your time. And when you're feeling your body grounding and relaxing, if you don't mind, I would love for you to visualize a beautiful summer morning and you're just getting out of your car In a beautiful park, Yosemite, you have your backpack ready, you have your camera ready, and you're smiling because the sun is kissing your cheeks, and the soft breeze it's playing with your hair, and you're feeling so happy to be alive, and you are walking in a beautiful path, looking around for the next adventure. And as you're walking and taking in all the nature and taking the shots and feeling so on purpose with your life and so happy that you have the freedom of time to be where you really want to be, you see a young family passing by you and two little kids running around and chasing butterflies and their laughter is making you smile because they are this beautiful embodiment of joy and freedom and one of the little cats a little girl she comes to you she looks at your camera she looks at you and she says who are you what is the one thing you would reply to this little curious girl not what do you do but who you really are
1: do I really okay Uh, what would I reply to her To a little girl. Realistically, I'd probably just say a friendly lady.
0: (laughs) I love that. That's beautiful. That's beautiful because so very often we are like trying to put the labels and be smart about it, like what we say, but it's like, hey, it's a little girl and she's a curious, Mm -hmm. right? so instead of like saying like oh this is what i do or this is my name whatever right like who cares she's curious Mm -hmm. she will forget your name in two seconds Mm -hmm. but you know like hey i'm a friendly lady it's it's something that will stick with her because on a on a deeper level just think about it so very often when we grow up we are told by our parents and you must know more than any of us right as a therapist we're told by our parents, don't do this, don't say that, don't talk to strangers. And so we start to believe that the world is a dangerous place and that mm-hmm. it's a scary place. Mm-hmm. So if you are in beautiful natural environment and there is someone and says genuinely, I am a friendly lady, you give them a hope, and there's something that they will remember. You know, I go always an inch deeper, you know, than just like, oh, it's cool, answer. Because I feel like so many of us, we were taught what the world is, and then we forgot why we came and who we came here to be in the world. Is that something you see often in your work?
1: Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, very often what we talk about in, with, in therapy with my clients is their core beliefs and those core beliefs, those those influence the, the rules that they live by, their attitudes, their assumptions, the expectations that they have. And very often those core beliefs are created by events in their life, either like big events or repetitive events. And repetitive events could be the messages they receive from their parents. Can't do that. Don't do that. Um, that's, that's too scary. That's too dangerous. You can't do that. You're not smart enough to do that. Oh, no, no, no. You can't wear that. Um, you don't have the body for that, whatever it is. <clears throat> And if you hear those messages enough time, especially if there's an emotion attached to it, that's really going to stick. And pretty much what I do in therapy with my clients is we try to undo that Mm. (laughs) with with our own repetition and and self-talk and reframing the thoughts and things of that nature so that they can actually create that life that they want. But trying to use tools so that they don't slip back into those old narratives and those old thought patterns and neural pathways, if you will, uh, that were created in youth by hearing those messages a lot Mm -hmm. of times from the parents, not all the time, not all the time. Sometimes it's teachers. <laughs> yeah, and
0: we're not sitting here and to be like putting a blame, like, oh, parents suck and now we have to undo it all, no, right? No, no, no. I personally believe, and this is the wobble part of me, I truly believe that our souls pick our parents before we came here, you know? And I even read the book Spirit Babies and I absolutely love that book. You know, it's it's really like the, the past lives, you know, that we were really connected with our soul family and with our parents. So it's not like, oh, like our parents suck, our teachers suck, it's all bad, and now we like have to suck it up and pay therapists to undo it, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Paying therapists, people, okay? Therapists <laughs> or coaches, just one or the other, you choose, or both. Yeah, Have yeah. People who are working with both because it's a little bit different, right? But before we go into that, because I really want to learn about how can we re- change our mindset, how we can rewrite those old limiting beliefs, because... I am on this journey, like being like on it. And I don't mean, I mean, like, I don't want to even say like hardcore, but like really with intention for a decade, there are still sometimes things that I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize this. You know, like, like the things that happened in the past that I'm realizing now, I'm like, I never put the two and two together. So I want to go in there. But before we go, I want to know why did you choose to be therapist? It's, it's so many years of studying and work. And, you know, instead of having fun somewhere in the parks and taking pictures, you are sitting in libraries. So why did
1: you choose that path? Uh, A couple, a couple of reasons. So for those listening and don't see, I am a Latina. <laughs> I'm Dominican, Mexican, Puerto Rican. And um, we didn't talk about mental health in the household growing up. And so I had, I experienced uh, pretty significant anxiety in adolescence, uh, panic attacks and, and, um, anger management issues. And I was very like an explosive young person. And I, I didn't know how to make it different. I'm like, how do I change this? And, and therapy wasn't talked about, um, coaches weren't talked about even anything. Right. And so I, I, I was interested already in psychology because I'm like, how can I, I'm like, I'll fix myself. (laughs) I'll do it myself. (laughs) Um, But another thing though, as far back as I remember, and you might hear other therapists say this. um, Sometimes I've heard other therapists have a similar story as me is people shared their stories with me very effortlessly. Mm -hmm. And I heard more and more and more and more from age like eight or nine, all the way up until 18, that they felt safe with me. And people would tell me their suicidal ideation or the time that they were abused. And they're like, I've never told anybody this before. And at first it was just like, oh, I'm glad that they feel comfortable enough to share that space with me. But then I started noticing a pattern and it was just happening all the time. And then strangers were talking to me. I'm like, what am I just like a super open, like um, energy field for people or what? I don't know what this is. Um, And so my original uh, major in college was sound arts. I was learning music composition and music recording and how to read sheet music and play every single instrument. And I made a decision to change my major because I, I felt that, therapy was calling to me versus Mm -hmm. me just choosing it. I know it sounds kind of, you know, I don't know. No, I'm, no, it sounds good. (laughs) Yes. Um, so, so those are some reasons there and also breaking the cycle within my own family. Um, I love my family so much. I'm very close with them. Um, but you know, anxiety, depression, it's around in the family and we all just kind of didn't know how to handle it. And so I'm trying to kind of break that cycle so that whenever I do meet somebody and have kids and things of that nature, that we have that newfound way of doing things. So those are kind of what led me to being a therapist.
0: That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that, you know, and it's, it's fascinating. So I'm not Latina, but I feel like I'm more Latina than Latinas in States. I used to have, uh, like Latina, her parents were from Mexico. She was born in States, you know, but like all her family, it's Mexicans. I'm like, girl, I speak better Spanish than you. And I was always like the sassy Latina, but I noticed that Latinas in the United States are different than the one in Spain. In Spain, they're proud Latinas. They're proud to be Spanish. They're proud to be Latinas. I came here and the Latinas, they didn't want to speak Spanish with me. I'm like, But why? So I really love that. I have one of my dear clients, she's accountant, she's Latina too. And she was like, that's what really drove me my whole life, because I saw how hard my mother worked and how never she had money. And it's just like, I want to change that. So I really applaud you for changing these generational patterns and it's not just like you're a beautiful smart lady but you're also changing the patterns and thoughts of for generations because when you heal you hear the generations before you and after you and you're showing people what is really possible no matter what is your ethnicity or where you're coming from or whether you're like immigrants like me right like the things that i am able to be doing in states and how i can embody my truth in states it's so much different than in europe in europe Mm -hmm. you don't talk about feelings in europe you're drinking or eating and it's what you're doing you know like you just numb yourself and that's it so i am really happy that you're investing so much time into studying and, and changing these generational patterns so let's take it one full like circle back and really talk about like how can therapy help you you know because I'm looking at it from a, a standpoint of being a coach right For me it's, it's a little bit different. I learned and I use million of different modalities with my clients NLP breath work you know meditation hypnosis like all of these beautiful things now as you saw it to human design. I don't have a limits. I don't have a filter, right? Like this is me. This is what I want to say. But I know as a therapist, it's a little bit more, um, a little bit less fun. Let's put it this way. (laughs) Right. Uh, but how are you supporting your clients or your patients? Do you tell them clients or patients? What is it? I, I call them clients. Okay. So how do you support your clients to create the dream life using the therapy? Like, How do you help them to change the old patterns and old beliefs they might have adopted from their parents?
1: So first, so I do, I don't know other therapists in my own network that do it quite like this, but I really... Te- teach them. So when they come to therapy they actually have to have a notebook and a pen and they take notes because I'm like I'm I'm going to give you everything that I have. Everything I I have you're going to learn this so that you can be able to teach a CBT course by the time we're done. And so I teach them how a schema works, how their filter system works, how they filter out information and take in certain information based on their core beliefs. I teach them about how core beliefs, the themes usually have to do with your worth sense of Mm self-worth, your lovability, or a sense of hope. And when we experience these events in our life that can sometimes tweak, uh, one of our core beliefs, we usually have more than one. And so we kind of reverse engineer how their schema works. I give them the metaphor of like a plant. So I'm like, all right, you have this plant in your house and when you feed that plant, what, what are you feeding plant? You think of a plant, okay, sunlight, maybe some fertilizer, water, you know, other little things, some banana water or something like that, right? So what is the nutrients of the plant? It's your self-talk. It's how you speak to yourself and your automatic thoughts. Cause you can have automatic thoughts that are floating around. And then there's how you direct those thoughts to yourself, your self-talk. So there's self-talk, automatic thoughts. There's also how you respond to your emotions, right? How how much frustration tolerance do you have? How well can you ground your body? How well can you activate your own parasympathetic state instead of constantly being in a fight or flight mm-hmm. state? And also how well can you practice mindfulness? And what I mean by that is, are you aware of yourself? Are you able to bring your awareness to the present moment and be able to notice your mind, notice your body, notice your emotions, notice impulses, notice those, those automatic thoughts, how your level of uh, consciousness, higher consciousness for that matter. Right. And so those are the things that, that feed that plant. So if you have this very negative self-talk and this very like, I'm not worth it, I'm not good enough, I am um, i can't kind of mentality. And then we're only focusing on the things that we do wrong instead of the things that we're doing well, that's feeding that plant, right? And so what they do with me metaphorically, I'm like, let's get a new plant. Let's go buy a new plant, <laughs> right? Put a new plant. And we got to start feeding this plant different nutrients. So I train them train them. You're right. Some parts of therapy is coaching, right? I'm training them on how to catch cat. Like, I tell them like, they're like the butterflies. You got to catch them with the net. you let them go later, but you know what I mean? Catch them, <laughs> catch these unhelpful thoughts and be able to change them, change the color of them, change, change the way that you speak mm-hmm. to yourself, change. Ch- we, you have a lot of control over how you respond to your thoughts only um, if you're taught how to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's 10 thinking styles that is very traditional part of CBT. So a very classic one is jumping to conclusions. Catastrophizing. And CBT,
0: just, just for those who are listening, it's cognitive
1: behavioral therapy. Yes, cognitive behavioral therapy. And I do like a, a very classic version of it, um, but then I mix it with DBT. So that's when we get the mindfulness component. So... I teach them about the 10 thinking styles, jumping to conclusions, catastrophizing, mental filtering, right? I won't say all of them, but these are the things that I, that they have to learn how to catch and then how to be curious. So we're not going to come down on ourselves for having those unhelpful thinking styles, right? We're we're not going to judge ourselves for, for experiencing that because that's just more of those unhelpful thinking styles layered on top. So we often um, operate from this energy of no judgment, right? Which is part of mindful philosophy no no judgment so we're not judging ourselves we're instead we're noticing we're noticing the mind and we're being curious about the thoughts Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and so this takes practice Mm -hmm. being curious if you're not naturally curious about something we have to kind of like cultivate it Mm -hmm. (laughs) but the thing is is that my clients show up with me and they want they want it. They want to shift. They want to give nutrients to this new plant. So I never really have to pull teeth or convince anybody of anything. Even when clients look at me like, "What, Cecilia? Like, what are we t- not? What?" They still, even though they give me that face, like, mm, "I don't know about this." They still show up every week. Yeah. They still show up, and so that lets me know that they have buy-in. So we change the way that we feed this new plant by changing the way we think changing the way we speak to ourselves right changing how we respond to emotions so that's when I teach them a grounding you you appreciate breathing you tell me that you do breathing so teaching them the different breathing techniques um I teach them about the because I'm a nerd the science of it so we're talking about adrenaline and noradrenaline and how we're activating these different systems and things like that because my clients are all like I need to understand <laughs> which is fine right um And every time we notice, this is where the mindfulness comes in, we're in awareness of sometimes they might autopilot or like a zombie, like autopilot, go and start feeding that old plant. Right. And something happens, a prompt happens and like, um, they get a promotion at work or something. And then they're like, oh no, I can't do it. I'm going to let everybody down or something, 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 right. So then they, with that level of awareness, they, they realize, oh, I'm feeding that old plant right? And so they very gently bring themselves over to that new plant that we're trying to feed by, okay, what am I thinking? This is the first question. Like, what am I thinking? Do I have evidence that this is exactly how it's going to go? Am I predicting the future? Or do I even know how the future is going to be for this particular thing? So they, I teach them how to ask themselves those questions and bring their attention back to the present moment. Like, Actually, the only thing I really know is right now, and I'm in the kitchen at my job getting coffee. That's literally all that I know right now. I I can't read minds. I don't know what people are thinking or feeling about me, right? And so really uh, (laughs) utilizing our imagination for good rather than using our imagination for something that causes anxiety. So the level of insight and awareness increases the more and more and more we talk about the mind and talk about the responses to the emotions. And then also talking about wh- where did this stuff come from? Like, why do we think this way? Right. And this is where we talk about childhood. We talk about our parents and we talk about our teachers and our community and maybe traumas that might've happened or just one trauma, right? And sometimes no traumas happen. And, and we we talk about where did these thought patterns come from so I do a, a, a nice mix of things in therapy with my clients um I don't know how organized I said it but it's kind of what we do um, I think keep beautiful
0: going, but I, oh, I'll I, I know
1: I know I know I'm like take a deep breath this is
0: so beautiful <laughs> and so powerful and you have such a magnetic energy like around you you know and I'm like oh my gosh I'm just like eating it all like the butterflies. <laughs>
1: You know. <laughs> I use a lot of metaphors in, that uh, and,
0: and I love it, you know, and I do that to metaphors and, and, and just like storytelling because people can really relate. Right. And, uh, even it's like, um, just like the comparing to the plant, right. It's, it's just, it's people can visualize it and imagine it because sometimes it's challenging to imagine like our mind because you're like, okay, I can go on Google and look how brain looks. Mm-hmm. But the brain, it's not all that is, and we all know it. There is something a little bit else and more, you know, than just the picture of the brain. So having these beautiful metaphors and being able to change that, it's or visualize it and then change it, it's it's powerful. And I also love the aspect of the curiosity. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of judging, we can shift and just being curious. It's so easy, you know, and one thing that I love saying, it's like so easy to judge and it's the first thought usually right it's like the survivor automatic brain that it's like okay like why is this person doing this and why is a personal trainer eating donut and being 300 pounds overweight right it's just like the judgment it's the survivor something doesn't look right to me it doesn't look like how i imagine it so it's wrong but when you're like, huh, I'm curious if they're going through something hard, I'm curious what led them onto this path. I'm curious, like maybe they already lost 200 pounds and I'm exaggerating here, right? But, you know, like, like you said, like stepping into the curiosity and even like, I, I call these reflection questions. I send them my clients a couple of times a week to check in and send them a reflection questions because it's so easy, like you said, to go on the autopilot.
1: Yeah.
0: And just like, starting these like i'm not good enough and what would other people think and what if i get fired and and all these like negative thinking so how are like let's say that right now we are sitting in the darkness and we are sitting in the middle of it when we don't have enough money and we hate our job and You know, uh, we are either single or in sucky relationship and we are not feeling supported. And you're getting so much evidence from your environment that things are not working out. How do you want us to imagine like beautiful plants and butterflies when everywhere we look, it sucks.
1: Right. (laughs) Okay. So the first thing that I would, the first thing that comes to mind, I do this a lot with my clients because they usually come to me and everything sucks. Like everything, like everything looks, terrible to them and everything feels terrible. And that makes a lot of sense, especially if you're depressed or anxious, like that, that sucks. Um, I've experienced both. I don't, We no, I don't like it. (laughs) We don't like it. (laughs) So in solution-focused therapy, there's a theoretical modality called brief strategic solution-focused therapy where we just problem solve. Like that is just like one of the biggest components of this type of therapy. And there's something called the miracle question a miracle question. And this is where you ask them if you had no challenges, kind of like what you asked me before the call, like if you, there was no limits to money or anything, you could go anywhere. So for the miracle question, it's like if there was no depression or no anxiety and no limits to money and you just had everything that you wanted, paint me a picture of what your life would look like your social relationships your health your mental and physical health your daily routine like what you do with your time like your hobbies leisure activities job school whatever it is where would you live what like tell me everything and i i really encourage them to not hold back i'm like if you want to raise horses in Italy, you tell me you want to raise horses in Italy, like no statement is too grand or too out there or anything and helping them kind of use that imagination for good rather than using their imagination to fuel anxiety, right? And I have them list out all the things that they they want their life to look like. And I will list everything out. There'll be like 30, 40 things. I'm just like, tell me everything. It doesn't have to be in order. You can go as little as like, I want to um, be able to run a marathon. Well, that's not really little, that's kind of big. But (laughs) all the way to (laughs) raising the horses in Italy or just having a a job, any job, right? Just anything. We list them all out and then we rank them not in order of importance, but in order of levels of anxiety. So one being like the least level anxiety, like what gives you like hardly any anxiety? Like, you know, that like, if I gave you the tools right now to go do it, you wouldn't feel scared about it at all. And we that's one. And then 10 being like full alarms, like panic attacks um, uh, and things of that nature. And then they rank them and then we put them in order ones at the bottom, tens at the top. And then we just only focus on the one at the bottom. And that's all that we work on problem solving and we brainstorm together. We, we, we try to figure out also part of solution focused therapy is what are your resources, right? Do you have a library with the computers and internet? let's go problem solve. Let's go look for jobs on there. Uh, what are the other skills that you have? What are your natural support systems? Do you know somebody who has a car who could drive you to the interview, for example, if it's like a job or something, right? So utilizing the skills. So I, t- I tend to go to solution-focused therapy uh, when we start working on this um, this list of things that they want to make their life look mm-hmm. that way. And we, but we take it just little bite-sized chunks because when you look at the whole thing, it's overwhelming. Oh, yeah.
0: It's so. overwhelming, but oh my gosh, I love it. Like, I love listening to you because I'm like, so many of the things that you were saying, I didn't know it's a part of the therapy and I'm doing it with my clients. Yeah. You know, it's, it's beautiful yeah. because it's like, for me, it's intuitive. For me, it's like would help me throughout my journey. And it's amazing. And I used to go to therapy, you know, when I uh, was in Czech Republic when, after my attempt to suicide. And then when I moved here to United States, when I, there was such a huge cultural shock, you know, so I am a firm believer of therapy, you know, and it's, it's amazing because this solution focused therapy, it's something that. Can help everyone. You know what What? I mean? It's like everyone. And there is still like the stigma of like in Czech Republic, you know, like in America, it's more normal, but like, oh, like you got to go to therapy. Like, are you crazy? Or, you know what I mean? It's like crazy people go to therapy, not because you want to have a better quality of life, because we were raised and, you know, we had a communism and all these things. So it was just like, shut up and work hard. Right. Instead of like daydreaming, you know, and really asking yourself, what do I really, really want if there is no limits? Because it's like, it's really nice to be realistic and just log and I'm not going to move to Italy tomorrow to raise the horses, right? But why couldn't I do it next year? Right? Because so often we are like, oh, my dreams are so big that you get overwhelmed by thinking how big they are. But with you, they can really like step by step, like start breaking it down and see. Because with many of my clients, many of my clients, they're with me for a year or two, you know. And I'm like, if I would have told you last year that you would be here and doing this, would you believe me? And they're like, no. So it's like giving ourselves the space and the grace to really allow ourselves to grow and meet ourselves where we are, because sometimes the judgment, it's not only on others, like, like my parents grew me up and my teachers are horrible, but it's the self judgment, right? Like, can I really do that? So What are some of the things that can help with the self-judgment when we're looking at ourselves and we are looking at what we want to change or what is wrong with us or if we have
1: just evidence of failures, right? So that's when I kind of take a more traditional therapy route, when we do more process work uh, and we, we work on... Allowing the person to feel, understand, explore these emotions and thought processes a little bit more. Um, just like how teachers or dentists or whoever has to get these continuing education units, like more classes, pretty much in workshops after they're done with school and their licensing. I got almost all my CEUs in process painting and process drawing. So I learned how to use this more experiential form of a therapy technique through drawing and painting uh with a professor that i had um at university of san francisco and so we learned how to move energy and and our, and put our emotions on paper with color or not color if they could use all black if they want to or white um and and i have clients draw and paint and we do art Together so that they can kind of move that energy Mm. around. What is that called? I'm like, sign me up. Um the the painting workshops I go to is it's called process painting. Mm. And it's a very, it's very experiential, but also when I go through when we look at the painting together, I I tell the client, I'm like, okay, look at this painting that you just did or drawing. um, As if you just saw it for the first time, you walk into like an art museum and you don't know anything about this artist and you look at it, you're like, Hmm, like, what is that? And like, what's your impression? Like what's the energy that this painting is showing you? What is the feeling that the painter is -hmm. showing? Right. And kind of talking about it from like this separate space and having them direct their energy towards the painting. And it, it, kind of allows them to be a little bit more vulnerable um, because it's directed at something else <laughs> and 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 finding symbolism. So this is, we're getting a little Jungian, Carl Jung on here, uh, finding symbolism in their, their paintings or their drawings. I've even had clients call the scribble technique. I've had them like scribble and find pictures in the scribbles and then make a story about it and then we go into more narrative therapy and they're they're explaining to me about this character that they see in the scribble and how she feels and where this feeling came from and who hurt her but she's the client's processing their own stuff through That's the Oh, so
0: good,
1: girl. You
0: are. I'm like. I have like a list of already ten different therapies that you are doing with your clients.
1: I do a lot of. Well, I shouldn't say a lot, but um, many. Yeah, I guess a lot of therapists do an eclectic approach. So we take things from different modalities and. Mm-hmm them all together. <laughs>
0: that's, that's, that's what I do, you know, like by different modalities, because I'm like, good luck with having, you know, like one thing that you're doing only. And sometimes, you know, if it works, it works. Right. But mm-hmm. for some of us, we are like, okay, I know all of these things, all of these modalities, you meet people where they are and you feel into it you're probably thinking into it i'm feeling into it Mm -hmm. but it's just like okay like this person needs this and this and you just pick and you serve them you know with what is for them and i absolutely love that that is amazing so like i said i can just get enough of you so i will be sitting here with you like all day and all night um yet i want to be super respectful of your beautiful time because you are studying so hard um (laughs) One last question I wanted to ask you for the one who is listening right now, and she's still going through her anxieties. She's still feeling, you know, disconnected from herself and the world. What is the one thing you want her to know? To know.
1: Hmm. One. Well, like I got 10. That when she feels anxiety now, Depending on the level of anxiety, it could feel your anxiety is just on 24-7. But there may be little pockets and moments in the day where she might not feel anxiety. And anxiety comes kind of like a wave. It, it it swells and then it crashes and then it evens out. And then it comes again, swells, it crashes and evens out. And so if she can ride those waves by connecting to breath, by using her breath as her best friend, her Breath is your bestie. (laughs) Just made that up. Breath is your bestie, (laughs) okay? Being able to bring her attention to her belly, just not even doing a fancy breathing technique. Just noticing her belly, noticing her belly move and being able to more consciously breathe into the belly, breathe a little bit slower. And when she feels that anxiety, feeling her heart beating faster, her skin getting hot, feeling sweaty, feeling dizzy, feeling overwhelmed and being able to just stay with her breath the whole time, keep breathing slow while that wave comes, swells and then crashes. And then she got through a wave. Mm. And doing that over and over and over again. I I do it all the time. (laughs)
0: Let's get on the waves and let, I was just reading and I love it, you know, because I'm like, tell me one thing. And she's like, I have 10 things you are manifesting, generator embodied, you know, (laughs) not one thing. I'm 10 things. And I'm thinking 10 things ahead already at times. So, uh, so beautiful. I absolutely adore you. What an honor to have you here today. I -hmm. love being connected with you on Instagram. That's, you know, how we, how we like vibe there, but is there any other place that people can learn more about? you and connect with you and maybe learn how to work with you
1: uh yes so my my website dr Cecilia um that's where you can find you can contact me and work with me also i have a meetup group so this website meetup.com i don't know how popular it is in different places but i have a meetup group there and i often host free workshops free talks i have a conscious awareness uh talk and we talk once a month um And, uh, so they can reach me meetup.com. Um, they could just look up Dr. Cicely Lopez. Uh, I think the group is called restructuring thoughts, emotions, and behaviors with Dr. Lopez long title. (laughs)
0: Let's find Dr. Cecilia Lopez. That might be a little bit easier.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just Google that. And then also my podcast, Mindful Living with uh, Dr. Cecilia Lopez. So that's on
0: where I was a guest. So thank you so much. Ladies go check after this one, go check out hers because we were talking about body image and really self-love and self-care and it was beautiful. So Dr. Cecilia, you're the best. I absolutely love and adore you having you here. We'll stay connected and you ladies make sure that you connect with her too. She is, as you can say, uh, bubbly, very smart and very impactful. So thank you for today. Thank you. I appreciate you so much.